thing that we do a while ago, we had plans to do a lot of different things, and God just kind of kept changing those plans. And so today, here we find ourselves on this site, and uh, we're asking God to use uh, this piece of land, this body of believers. We know that the church is not a building, which is very obvious in all that's gone on. The church is His people, and God has used His people to do some pretty incredible things. And uh, we want to keep doing that. And actually, that's what we're going to talk about this morning. If you've been with us, we've been wandering through the Old Testament, wandering through the whole Bible, and we are doing the whole story. And this morning, we're in the book of Haggai, uh, which is another one of those small little books, a little prophetic book. And uh, we're going to talk about some really interesting things that happened in the nation of Israel from this little book. And... uh, if you know me, if you've been around and spent much time, some of you don't know me very well, you're, you're, you're new to Mossbrook, and, but if, you, if you've been very much, you know this about me, that I love to build, to build things. I enjoy spending time and energy building just about anything, and, and over the years of my life, uh, I've built a lot of different things. I started, actually, uh, Mike's younger brother, Doug, and I, uh, when we were in our early teens, uh, we lived at on a large piece of property. We lived at a Bible school, and they owned a lot of property. And uh, we went into the woods, the two of us. My dad was a farm manager, ran the farm for the school, and and so we we lived in the woods. We went went in the woods before school started. We would go goose hunting and whatever before school started. We would show up at the bus. We would go to school, we would come home from school, we would walk off the bus, we would pick up our guns and go back to the woods, and, and as darkness came, we would make our way home. That was kind of our life. And so his brother and I, we went into the woods and we cut a whole bunch of cedar logs and we built a log cabin uh, in the woods and we kind of, we would have stayed there if they would have let us, uh, but they made us go home. Um, but we started very young, building, and over the years, I've built a lot of different things from I've been part of building church buildings and mission buildings and camps and homes and sheds and garages and barns and greenhouses and furniture and roads and bridges. I love to build stuff. Wow, they don't... That's Mike. No. Um, I love to build stuff. It's fun to build stuff. And there are, there's something that happens in the building process. It happens to me all the time. I get super excited about the building process. I love to plan whatever it is that I'm going to build. I love to sit down and with a piece of paper and, and begin to, to, to draw out what it's going to look like and what we're going to have to do and, and where we're going to have to put the electrical panel and the plumbing and, and how it's all going to work out. And Pam and I will sit down and we've done this with houses where we'll design how things are going to look and and how they're going to, and I get so excited and I can't wait to get started and I start building and, and maybe you're like me and, and, and you start putting the thing together and it starts taking shape and, and you get about halfway through the process and you go, why did I do this? Why did I say yes to this project? This thing's huge. It's never going to end. And then you wonder, should I hire somebody to finish this for me? Or maybe there's elves that will show up at some point in the night and they'll finish Right? Have you ever been there? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. We get excited and we want to do it. And then, and then partway through, you're like, man, I, I don't know if I can do this. And you begin to question yourself and you begin to wonder about it. And at this point 
in the job, it's really easy to get distracted from the mission. And it's really easy to start thinking about something else. And it's really easy to start going, man, I'm overwhelmed and I can't push through this. I can't make it. But what I've learned in my short time on this earth is this, that the only way to finish the project is to push through. When it's difficult, it's to bear down and to keep working and to work as hard as I possibly can. And I know that there is a finish line. I know that there is an end to this. And I can make it through if I keep going. I know that's true. I've learned that. And that's really what this book that we're going to talk about this morning is all about. Haggai is a prophet who talks to a group of people who were in exile and a king decided to send them back to rebuild a temple. And they got discouraged. Haggai was about 70 years old when he wrote this, and he wrote four messages to the people of Israel. We know of these four messages because even the dates of these messages, unlike most of the books, even the dates are given to us. On August 29th of 520 B.C. was the first one. October 17th of 520 was the second. And the other two were given on December 18th of 520. He gives us the very dates when God spoke to him and said, I want you to tell the people this. Now Haggai would have seen the old city of Jerusalem before its fall, before the Babylonians had come in and swept and, and taken it over and ruined the temple and ruined the city. And he would have had a picture in his mind of how beautiful it all was and how wonderful it was and what God had built. But then the people disobeyed and they were taken into captivity and he would have remembered all that. He would have saw it as a young man. And these people who were in exile have been returned to the city. And it's 18 years after their return. And they had, they had come back to the city to rebuild the temple. How do we know this? Well, Ezra tells us this. And we've looked at the book of Ezra. But I need to set the stage for you so you understand this little book that's being written. Ezra tells us that King Cyrus had allowed this group of people to return to build the temple. And not only had he allowed them to return, he sent them back with his blessing. He gave them gold and silver and goods and livestock and he sent offerings to the temple. He also wrote letters to other people who were in leadership in those days, other rulers, and said, look, it's okay for this group of, 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 of exiles to come back and to rebuild the temple. It's okay. They're fine. I've given them, I've given them a, a, a pass, and they're not going against me. The, this is all good. They can come back and do it. And 18 years had passed since King Cyrus had given them the okay to do that. So you can imagine the excitement when they left. They had all the goods that they needed. But when they got there and they started building, they, they got there and some didn't want to build. And, and, and some lost heart. And there was people who lived in the city already who didn't want them there because they felt like they were going to lose control. And, and there were some who were opposing them rebuilding the temple. And, and the people got discouraged and they quit. Ezra chapter 4 tells us that. They gave up. They'd been there 18 years. The temple wasn't done. It looked overwhelming. No elves showed up. They couldn't hire anyone else. 
and they quit. They gave up. But here's the uniqueness of this little book. When Haggai speaks to the people, unlike a lot of the other books that we've gone through, remember, where the prophet would get up and say, look, if you don't listen to God, if you don't follow what God says, he's going to judge. He's going to, you're in trouble if you don't. These people listened. Unlike a lot of the other ones, these people said, okay, we hear what you're saying and we're going to do something about it. This little book reminds me not only of myself in the building, but it reminds me of Peter in the New Testament. Do you remember Peter? When Peter, Jesus had gone to the cross and he died and, and he hasn't gone back to heaven yet, but, but he's, he's come back to life and, and, and Peter and a couple of the other disciples in John, they, they're, they're discouraged because things are not going the way they planned. And Peter looks at some of the disciples and he said, look, I'm just going to go back to fishing. I know God called me to do this, and I, I know he gave me a mission, but, but I'm discouraged right now, and things aren't going quite the way I planned, and so I, I'm just going to go fishing. And so if you read the story, Peter and a couple of the disciples get in a boat one night, and they go fishing, and they work all night, and they don't catch anything. And the next morning, they're close to shore, and somebody is standing on shore, and he yells out to them, and he says, cast your nets on the other side of the boat and see what happens. Well, it was Jesus. But Peter, we believe, was discouraged and he had given up. He had a mission. He had a job. He knew what it was he was supposed to do. But instead of following through and seeing it all the way through, he said, ah, I'm going to go back to what I know. I'm going to go back to fishing. See, it's a human condition. It, it didn't just happen to the, the Israelites in, 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 in this little book of Haggai. It doesn't just happen to Peter in the New Testament. It doesn't just happen to me. It happens to all of us. We come to know Jesus Christ. We start a relationship with Jesus Christ. We begin to be on mission with God. We begin to do the things that God asks us to do. And, and partway along, we get discouraged. It doesn't go quite the way we thought. Stuff isn't quite as easy as I thought it would be. Not everybody joins in and some people oppress us. And, and the people that were with me working decide to quit. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. Ever been there? Ever been there? Just want to throw your hands up and say, I'm done. Well, Haggai in this book gives a very straightforward call back to the mission. He says this, go up into the hills, bring down lumber and build the house. It's the house of the Lord that he's talking about. And I will be pleased with it and be glorified, says the Lord. That's Haggai chapter 1, verse 8. That's the call of this prophet to the nation of Israel, to the people, the exiles who had come back. He says, look, don't forget the mission. Don't forget what God called you to do. Go up into the hills, grab the lumber, cut it down, bring it back, and go back to work. Get back to work. Why does he have to say that to this group of people? Well, why does he have to call them back? Why does he have to spend his time and his energy reminding them of where they should be? Well, they're just like us. They got distracted. It got difficult. And the easy way out was to simply disengage, to stop. The easy way out was to spend my time on something else that I could control, something that I could put my hands on. 
And if you read this book without knowing the background, you would think that Haggai, when he writes this, is upset at the people, but really he's not. Really what he's doing is he's encouraging them to come back to what it was that God had asked them to do in the first place. And I want to show you that. If you have your Bible, Haggai chapter 1, verses 2 to 7, let me read it for you. It says this. The Lord of armies says this, these people say, so this is what the nation of Israel was saying, the time has not come for the house of the Lord to be rebuilt. Remember, in Ezra, they came back to rebuild the house. It's been 18 years. They came back to build the temple, but they were so discouraged that they say this, the time is not now to rebuild the house. It's too hard. It's too hard. It can be us, Right? The time is not now to rebuild my family in its faith. It's too hard. The time is not now for me to get into the word of God myself and to see what God has for me. It's too hard. It's too hard. And that's what the people were saying. It's too hard. The word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. It is a time for you yourselves to live. Is it time for you yourselves to live in your paneled houses while the house of the Lord lies in ruins? Now the Lord of armies says, think carefully about your ways. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough to be satisfied. You drink but never have enough to be happy. You put on clothes, but never have enough to get warm. You, the wage earner puts his wages into a bag with a hole in it. The Lord of armies says this, think carefully about your ways. Verse two, the people were saying, now is not the time to build. It's too hard. It's too hard to build the temple. There's too much opposition. We can't do this. And because it was difficult, this verse, verses 3 and 4 say they lost focus. And instead of working on the temple of God, they went over and they began to build their own houses. Paneled houses, beautiful houses for themselves. They got distracted from the mission. Now, is Haggai saying it's wrong to have a house? No, it's not what he's saying. Is he saying it's wrong to have nice things? No, that's not what he's saying. What he's saying is this, you lost focus. You came to do one thing, but you've, you've been distracted, and now you're doing something totally different. You know that I've said from, the, from, from up front many a times, right, that I'm easily distracted, right? There's a squirrel, and some of you now say that to me. I appreciate that, by the way, because that means you understand, and you're just like me. I'm not alone. That's what happened to these folks, they got distracted. They got pushed aside in the middle of what it was that they were trying to do. And this happens to us often. You start to think about self instead of what it is that God has asked you to do. Right? You've been in the Word of God. You've been studying the Word of God for yourself. God has begun to make an impact on your heart and your life. You're beginning to follow the Word of God, the principles of the Word of God, and then it gets difficult. And when it gets difficult, you begin to look inward at your own heart, at your own life, and you go, man, you know what, God, I'm just going to spend a little extra time on me right now. I'm just going to do my things my way right now. You'll be happy with that. It'll be fine. And the next thing, we just keep going, distracted by ourselves, doing 
our own thing. They returned to rebuild the temple and they got focused on self instead of what God had asked them to do. Now the Lord of armies, this is verse 5, says this, think carefully about your ways. Pause, pause. Can I say that this morning? This is God speaking to us. Think carefully about your ways. Think carefully about what has your heart. Think carefully about what has your mind. Think carefully about what has your energy. Think carefully about what's eating your time. That's what God's saying to these people. Stop. There's a mission. I asked you to do something, and you've been sidetracked. You're headed the opposite direction. Think carefully. And then he goes on and he says this, you have planted much, but you harvested little. You eat, but you're never full. You drink, but you don't have enough. You put clothes on, but they're not warm enough. The wage you earn is never enough. He's not saying here that it's wrong for you to work for those things. He's saying, look, because you're distracted, because you're headed the wrong way, you can't get what you want. You'll never be satisfied. You'll never reach it. Why? Because you're headed the wrong direction. He, ex- he continues to explain this to us in, in verses 9 through 11. Let me read them to you. He says it this way. You expected much. You had high hopes, but then it amounted to little. When you brought the harvest into your house, I ruined it. God's saying this. I ruined your harvest. Why? Some of us are looking at what we've accumulated, and it doesn't amount to much. Some of us are pulling in all the stuff we've worked so hard for, and it seems like nothing. God says, you pulled in the harvest, and I ruined it. Why? This is the declaration of the Lord. Because my house still lies in ruin. Well, each of you is busy on his own house, So on your account, the skies have withheld the dew and the land its crops. I have summoned a drought on the fields and on the hills and on the grain and the new wine and the fresh oil. And whatever the ground yields on people and animals and all that your hand produces, God says, I've taken the blessing away. Why? Because you lost your focus. I'm trying to get your attention. You're off mission. The people had gone to rebuild a temple and they ended up doing things for themselves. Does that sound like a nation we know? (laughs) Richest nation in the world. Doing very little for the kingdom of God. Supposed to be a biblical Christian nation. Supposed to be founded on the principles of the truth of the word of God. Doing very little. To uphold the truth of the word of God. God says, look, think carefully about your ways. I gave you a mission. I gave you something that you're supposed to be doing and you got distracted. You're headed a totally different direction. You have put all kinds of energy into your own things and working out your own stuff. And my house lies in ruin. 
The Lord says there's an order to every way, to everything. There's an order to having things done the right way. And that order is God's way. And if you go way back in the Old Testament, you'll learn this, that God said, look, if you'll give to me the first of everything you make, if you'll give me the first of everything that I bless you with, I'll continue to bless you. If you give me, he calls it the first fruits. If you give me the first of your time and your energy, if you give me the first of your own heart, you give me the first of all that you make, I'll bless you. And these people who had gone back on mission, instead of giving God the first, they weren't even giving him a little bit of the end. And what's going on in our nation? We're not even tipping God anymore. We're not even giving God the leftovers. We're definitely not giving him the first. And God says, think carefully about your ways. The Lord of armies says this, think carefully, go up into the hills, bring down lumber and build my house and I will be pleased with it and be glorified, says the Lord. And look at the response of the people. It's found in verse 12. Here's what they say. And this is why this book is so different. Here's their response. Then Zerubbabel, he was one of the guys who had gone to build, and the high priest Joshua, these two guys had gone to rebuild the temple, and the entire remnant of the people, listen to this, obeyed the Lord their God and the words of the prophet, because the Lord their God had sent him, so the people feared the Lord. Totally different than all the other ones, where they go, no, go in my own way. These people heard the word of the Lord, and they said, yep, I'm doing it. I'm following God. Hey, how about you? God's spoken to us. God's given us his word. And he said, look, Matthew tells it this way. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Tell everybody about Jesus Christ. Let them know who he is. Give them the love of Jesus Christ. If you're a Christ follower here this morning, that's your mission. That's your mission. It's not about buildings it's not about all the programs. That's not it. He simply says, live out the truth of who Jesus Christ is. Let everyone know the difference that Jesus Christ has made in you. That's your mission. And are you like these people who as soon as they heard the mission, they were reminded of the mission and they went, yep, we're it. let's go. Let's do it because this is what God wants. They joyfully said yes. And it's interesting when they joyfully say yes, he doesn't reprimand them. He doesn't go, okay, now get to work. No, that's not what he says. He encourages the people. If you look at chapter 2, I want to show you this encouragement. Verses 4 through 9, he says this to the people. Even so, be strong. Zerubbabel, be strong. Be strong, Joshua. Be strong, be strong, all the people of the land. This is the Lord's de declaration. Now look what God said. Work, for I am with you. The declaration of the Lord's armies. This is the promise I made to you when I came out of Egypt, and my spirit is present among you. Don't be afraid. For the Lord of the, of, of the armies says this once more. 
In a little while, I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all the nations so that the treasures of all the nations will come, and I will fill this house with glory. God says, look, be strong, be courageous, do the work, be encouraged, follow through, keep going, and the hand of God will be on you. Maybe you are sitting here this morning, and you just need a little encouragement. You know the mission. You've been told the mission. You're a Christ follower and you've said yes to Jesus Christ and he's changed your heart and your life, but you've got sidetracked. (laughs) You got off. Maybe this last year has been a little weird for you. (laughs) Has been for me. Maybe this last year has discouraged you and made you kind of walk away and do your own thing. Maybe it's caused you to close yourself in and stop serving and looking for ways to help other people. Maybe you've been distracted. God isn't sitting in heaven saying, I'm going to get you. God's sitting saying, look, listen to me. Do my thing first. Serve me first and I'll bless. And if you're like these people who say, yes, I'll follow. I'll do what you ask. God says, look, I'll shake the heavens. I'll shake the earth. I'll do what it takes to bless you and to encourage you and to give you the strength to do the things that I need you to do. Be strong and courageous. Follow through. Keep going. Don't give up. God's saying the same thing to you and I. He says it to us in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. He says it this way to us. According to God's grace that was given to me, this is Paul, I have laid a foundation as a skilled master builder. Remember we with building? We were talking about building what God wants us to build. I've started, I've set a cornerstone master builder, and that cornerstone is the person of Jesus Christ. And everything that I'm going to build is built on him and who he is. And, and he's, the, he's the foundation. I've skilled master builder, and another builds on it. But each one is to be careful how he builds on that foundation. For no one can lay on any foundation other than than what has already been laid down. That foundation is Jesus Christ. Folks, if you're a Christ follower right now and you're building on any other foundation than Jesus Christ, it's not going to make it. It's not going to hold up. All the time and energy of all the things that you're putting together, they're not going to make it. But if you're building on the foundation of Jesus Christ... It has the chance to change the world that you're living in. If anyone builds on the foundation with gold or silver or costly stone, wood or hay or straw, each one's work will become obvious for the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test the quality of each one's work. If anyone, if anyone's work that he has built, survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will experience loss, but he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Don't you yourselves know that you are God's temple? And that the Holy Spirit of God lives in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him for the temple Or God's temple is holy, and that is you, if you're in Christ. God 
has asked you as Christ followers, this is from the Old Testament when they came back to build the temple. It was a physical building that they were working on. And today, those of us who are in Christ Jesus, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He lives in us and he has asked you and he has asked me to build our temple for Jesus Christ. And he's asked us to found that temple on the person, the cornerstone of Jesus Christ, and to take the principles and the truths of the word of God, to place them in our heart, and build that temple to bring honor and glory to Jesus Christ. The struggle is, folks, is we're easily distracted. And the next thing you know, connecting things, we're building something else. We're time and energy into all kinds of different things, hoping for a great return that never comes. And God tells us through his word, look, build on Jesus Christ. Stick with the mission. Follow through. Do what I've asked. And if you do, the blessing of God will be on. Does that mean you get rich? That's not what he's talking about, folks. He's talking about the presence of himself in our lives. The peace, the hope, the joy, the grace of God be evident in us to those around us. What are you building on? You been distracted? He's not yelling. He's encouraging you to come back to the mission. Father, would you grant us courage and the strength? Would you grant us the fortitude of heart to follow through what you've asked us to do? You've given us a mission if we're Christ followers. You've told us what it is that you want of us. It's so easy in this world to get distracted. God, cause us to come back to what you have for us. Thank you for the encouragement from this little book this morning. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, and the hope we have in him. In your name we pray. Amen.